What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. Sophie St. Thomas grew up in the Caribbean and Virgin Islands with parents she described as very liberal. They like to say that part of the reason they moved us there was because they didn't want to raise a daughter under the rule of Ronald Reagan. (laughs) So I do think I always had a lot of freedom around sexuality. Early on in her childhood, she visited relatives in New York City, where she was mesmerized by a couple of things. The snow covering Brooklyn, pretty incredible for an island girl, and the gay pride parade. She told me she remembers thinking that everyone in the parade was so sparkly and fabulous. Of course, they still are. Sophie now lives in New York City, where one day she walked into an occult bookstore and started a journey into witchcraft that continues today. She told me that nothing about witches had ever seemed taboo or dark to her, given the communities and open-mindedness she grew up in. Sophie is also an esteemed journalist and author, with writing published in GQ, Playboy, Cosmopolitan, Forbes, Allure, Glamour, Self, and more. She writes about sex, drugs, glamour, the occult, and other subcultures. Her latest book, Sex Witch, Magical Spells for Love, Lust, and Self-Protection, is full of spells to help you lead a more fulfilling life. She told me it was inspired by ways that science and witchcraft coexist. I asked her if she considers witches the first scientists, and she said absolutely, yes. I've been a sex and relationship journalist for over a decade, and as a result, have the luxury of getting to interview the top sex scientists or do things like go to the alt-sex conference where you can hear, you know, it's an academic conference where people like with PhDs on furries talk and just this wealth of knowledge. The first time I got asked to write about sex magic was probably like five years ago, but I know there's a huge interest in it. And I would get questions from people like, you know, my scientist boyfriend, like, how, wait, how can this work together? So I pitched Sex Witch just to my publishers as this is a spell book that will actually work. And try to, in each spell, work in, you know, whether it's communication tips or, you know, open relationship format information into the rituals to help people find a better sex life. So I guess I was, I wrote that book to answer a question that I found a lot of people asking me. At the beginning of Sex Witch, Sophie talks about a sexual experience I had to hear more about. It involves a penis candle, a spell, and what would turn out to be some self-love magic. It started just after the end of a harmful relationship. Oh my God, so I was dating this shithead. That's the most important part to know. He started as a friend and I fucked him and then we were started dating and it was one of those situations that you read about where he totally just changed. Like when he became my boyfriend, I saw this whole jealous side, this angry side. At the end, it was really fucking scary. And it took me a long time to get out of that relationship. But when I did, it was, oh my God, it was just like the 
best. I got like my lips done for the first time. And he had been so against that. At the time I was living literally next to my best friend in the world, Annabelle Gatt. She is Vice's astrologer. And I've learned a lot about witchcraft and astrology from her. Anyways, we spent a lot of time together and we learned from a gay friend of ours, this penis candle spell. And as I say in the book, they do make vagina candles and I am super queer and bisexual, but it's harder to, to fuck a vagina like you put it inside your orifice. So we went with a penis candle and I like just lived with it for a week. Like it was my boyfriend. Like I just have this memory of watching Riverdale with Annabelle and then like this penis candle was sitting next to us. And I slept with the penis candle. Then as my friend instructed me, you put a condom over it just so you don't get wax in your vagina or asshole or mouth. You know, you can really use any orifice for this spell. And then I practiced sex magic, which is using your sexual energy or orgasm to kind of like throw it towards to manifest a goal. In this case, Sophie aimed to harness her sexual energy to manifest a better partner. For me, it's very person to person who I'm attracted to. So I doubt I was imagining a specific person, but I just imagine someone, you know, mostly who treated me well, which seems like a small request, but is harder to find than you would imagine. Um, And for me, as someone who writes a lot about sex and, you know, my best friends run sex clubs and or sex workers, I I do need someone super sex positive. After I came on the candle, then I performed Imagining That Partner, a candle magic spell, which is when you anoint, I took off the condom, you anoint a candle with, there's various oils, and you can carve into the candle, you can carve sigils, magical symbols, just, you know, a word of what you're looking for. And then you put it on your altar or, you know, any special place to you. And you light it, and then when it's done burning, this the candle is complete. I don't know about you, but that whole thing is nothing like the witch's spells I heard about growing up. No eyeball soup or quote-unquote hag throwing fire while cackling. Given the choice, I am all for coming on a candle, whether we are in our 20s, 40s, or 80s plus. So did Sophie's spell work? Yes, but not quite in the ways she expected. Well, my hope was obviously to find a better partner, which I did. I I dated a few people after that, and they're not the person I live with now, (laughs) who I've been with for for two years. You know, this, I don't know, magic or like life, whatever you want to call it, doesn't always really work in like a linear fashion. But I think it really, in the end, was a confidence spell. Like that, that wasn't a physically abusive relationship, although he did throw things at me at the end, but it was definitely a emotionally abusive relationship. I certainly do not mean to suggest that anyone deserves those kind of relationships or, or summons them. But I know at least speaking for me, like back then, this was probably like five or six years ago. Now I did, I just didn't really know how well I could do, if that makes sense. You know, it's like, oh, this is just my friend. And now we're having sex. Like, of course, he should be my boyfriend. I didn't really realize that I could easily get exactly what I was asking for in, in that spell. The people I dated right after that spell, you know, granted, I didn't end up living with them. But all my partners since then have been super sex positive and, and super supportive and wonderful. Even the ones where it didn't work out with them, I, I wish them nothing but love and have nothing negative to say about them. So that 
love spell. And I would dare to say most love spells I do think had more to do with me than other people. That makes so much sense to me. Even the active solo play is all about self-love in many ways. And when you add intentional thoughts about what you desire and imagine yourself delighting in whatever that is, that sounds like a total self-love fest to me, not to mention fun. Sophie also recommends using magic to explore your ideal relationship style. In Sex Witch, she describes a tarot spread to find which relationship format is right for you. And the spell involves several steps, including reflecting on particular topics and questions that she provides, and really contemplating your feelings, wants, and values. Then you pull cards from a tarot deck. To manifest what we want, we must integrate knowledge and reason, she wrote. We can't just dance under a full moon. We must know which type of relationship is best for us and how to communicate with partners to maintain that relationship. Sophie has done a lot of that in her own life, and she wants others to know that, quote, there is no right way to love. The only irresponsible relationship format is the one that denies your truth. There's a misconception, one that I definitely had when I first moved to New York in my early 20s, that it was either full-on monogamy, which I sucked at, or full-on polyamory, which you know, isn't just an open relationship. It means multiple relationships with other people and letting your partner have multiple relationships with other people. And it turns out I really sucked at that too. (laughs) It's really hard. You know, relationship formats are couture. You know, I think we can tailor them to ourselves and, and our needs, but to do that takes a lot of understanding and self-reflection. You know, I didn't always know that I didn't have a ton of sexual jealousy, but I did have emotional jealousy, you know, which makes me better suited for like a sexually open type situation, which is like what I have now with my beautiful partner. And magic, you know, whether it's using tarot cards or writing down a letter of intention to put into a candle spell, the best way I describe it to people who are skeptics is it's really just, you know, it's like a meditation tool. It's a tool of self-reflection. It's a way to receive insight into yourself. It's a way to get to know yourself and understand your needs better. And once you're better at understanding those needs, then you're more likely to be able to express them to people you're dating and end up with a person who you're compatible with and able to have conversations like, well, what kind of relationship format do you want? Do you want to be able to do your own thing? Do you want monogamy? Those questions and conversations can help on their own too, of course. If you want to work them into magic, Sophie suggests pulling a card after each topic you think about, such as your relationship to sex and whether you feel most fulfilled by one partner, multiple partners, or an open sex life. Then you gaze at the spread of cards you've pulled and see what it brings up for you. Personally, for me, I find working with tarot that's my favorite thing. I love candle spells and sex magic and all of them, but to be particularly useful in helping me figure out myself. I love the way Sophie talks about tarot as a self-guided tapping into yourself process, and you don't have to be a witch to partake in them. I have a friend who's a devoted Catholic and uses tarot cards to guide her journaling. Another friend of mine who's really into science as a public health expert maintains a meditation tarot card practice. There's another example of science and witchery blending together. 
I asked Sophie if a beginner could just dive in and give tarot a try on their own without having their cards read necessarily by an expert. Of course, I would suggest the book 78 Degrees of Wisdom. To me, that's the best tarot reference book, but most tarot decks even come, you know, just with a little pamphlet that is like, this is what this card means. I would start with the Rider deck because most tarot decks are based on it, but the imagery is very powerful. You know, even I've been using tarot cards for years and I still don't feel like I completely understand each card, but when I pull one and just look at it, it will usually come to me what it means. And each of them represents different archetypes that I find are kind of snapshots of human experience that everyone can relate to. You can use them kind of like a fortune telling device, but I don't think that's completely accurate. And that's certainly not what it was created for, actually. For me, it's far more, again, like a tool of reflection and meditation and insight than, you know, a magic eight ball. Sophie is also pretty passionate about revenge. In Sex Witch, she wrote, The desire for revenge or justice is an animal instinct experienced by all humans, just like sex. She added that while hexes on homophobes, rapists, and racists are on the table without shame, when it comes to personal attacks on an ex, revenge is all about living well. You know, there's kind of like a very light and fluffy expression that is the best revenge is living well. That is true. You know, another thing I write about is beauty. I'm the astrologer for Allure, and I write about them for other things. And I love beauty. I love makeup. I love fashion. I love piercings and tattoos and body modification. And so when I was with that shithead and wanted to get lip fillers, and he was so mean about it, you know, when we finally broke up and I went and got them and like posted like sexy selfies to me, like that was revenge. You know, it wasn't about him, but it was about me. And I also think perf- like just doing well professionally is amazing revenge. I am all for showing off and being proud of your accomplishments. I know that the world will make you feel shitty enough and bring you down enough. So you certainly shouldn't do it to yourself. Post-breakup revenge is all about just like looking fabulous and doing the things you want and succeeding. To learn more about Sophie St. Thomas, follow her on Instagram and Twitter at the Bowie Cat. She told me that she is a little bummed that Sex Witch released during COVID because she had a launch party with a ritualistic orgy of sorts planned. And while that couldn't safely happen, she said that people on the internet have been really nice. If you read the book or try any of the spells, I am sure she would love to hear from you. To work some awesome toys into your sex magic or solo play sessions, check out the latest specials at The Pleasure Chest. All month long, they are celebrating Masturbation May with featured vibrators, magic wands, cock rings, masturbation sleeves, strokers, anal plugs, and more, all to enhance the ways you do you. Right now, they're featuring really awesome curated sexy self-care and mindful masturbation collections. Learn more and start shopping at thepleasurechest.com or click the link down in the show notes. This week's listener question comes from Kay, who wrote this. I'm dating a great guy who identifies as demisexual. 
I've honestly never felt so into or cared for by someone. When we have had sex, it's been really amazing. He's also been open with me from the beginning about not being interested in sex very often. It took him a long time and work with a good therapist to fully accept that and his orientation as the way he is, and I think it's so awesome that he has. I, on the other hand, have always had a pretty high sex drive. I'm cool with masturbating in between sex we have and cuddling, etc., which he is usually up for, but I'm also a little worried about the future. There are many times when we cuddle and I really want to take things further and I can tell he doesn't want to and I don't want to end up resenting him. He brought up the idea of possibly opening the relationship just sexually if I ever want to, but I really don't know that I can handle that. I feel very monogamous at heart. He doesn't know about my concerns or history of higher than boyfriends drives, just FYI. He's had enough to deal with and I want him to feel accepted. Just wondering if you have any suggestions. Kay, I love the thoughtfulness in your message and I'm so happy for you that you found this wonderful guy and you have, it sounds like a really wonderful relationship. Here's what Dr. Megan Fleming of greatlifegreatsex.com had to say. Kay, thanks for your question. It makes complete sense that you not only understand and respect your partner's sexual preferences, but also that you can foresee challenges around your mismatched levels of sexual desire. First, let me just say that almost all couples have some level of what we call desire discrepancy or that mismatched level of desire, and that that can also change over the lifespan of a relationship due to stress, illness, medications, and relationship factors, just to name a few. But what I also know from 20 years of practicing is that when sex is going well, it's often just sort of a small part of the relationship, but that when it isn't, it takes on significantly greater meaning and distress which can cast a shadow over the relationship as a whole and honestly create a lot of tension and conflict. So it's great that your partner is talking so openly and candidly about his needs while also being open to other possibilities so that you too can get your needs met. And I most definitely think it's time that you start sharing more about your desires and preferences, starting with an exploration of what sex means to you both and how it makes you feel. Because as you mentioned, masturbation is one great way to give yourself pleasure when you're in the mood and your partner is not. And another is to explore whether he's open to giving you pleasure without receiving. I find this sort of, I call it like a one-way send of pleasure. I find this often works well for couples where they want more partnered experiences that can be mutually sexually satisfying, pleasing just the one higher desire partner. It's also important for you both to consider what other behaviors and experiences other than sex helps you both to feel desired and gives you pleasure? Because I think often we are not examining really other than penetrative sex or orgasm, many different ways that we feel closer, connected, intimate with our partners. A book I think you might find helpful is Barry and Emily McCarthy's Discovering Your Couple Sexual Style. I also want to give you resources to help you consider whether an alternative to traditional monogamy might in fact be a good fit for you and your relationship. It's important that you know and take away that these aren't decisions to be taken lightly, and I hope these resources offer questions you may not yet have thought of, as well as structure to your conversations. As I often say, it's not one definitive conversation, this is going to be a series of conversations. So for exploring the potential role of a different relationship structure, 
I'd highly recommend Tristan Taramino's Opening Up, a guide to creating and sustaining open relationships. As always, would love to hear how it goes. Thanks so much, Dr. Megan. Kay, I absolutely agree that sharing your desires and preferences makes great sense. I think it's awesome that you want to prevent resentment down the road. And I think resentment often comes from not talking about a particular issue. Another thing to keep in mind, because of societal messages we receive, so many women and femmes feel the need to take care of others by setting our own needs aside or lowering them on the priority list. That doesn't help anyone and very often harms. So I'm really glad you're thinking about this now. I also heard a bit of future tripping in your words, which is so easy to do. Some anxiousness about how you might feel in the future, not only about your sexual needs with your partner, but about potentially opening up your relationship. If you feel monogamous at heart, then that is where you are right now. And that's great. Take Sophie's message to heart. The best relationships are based on truth, not morphing ourselves into someone we or someone else thinks we should be. I love the idea of exploring ways to connect sexually with your partner in ways that you both feel comfortable. Where, as Dr. Megan mentioned, he can please you. If he's as thoughtful and caring as he sounds, he may be all over that. Maybe that means cuddling while you play with yourself, or him using a toy on you, or him reading erotica to you, or giving you a massage during a solo play. So starting where you are, and with honesty to yourself and to your guy, I think can go so far. If you have a question for me or Dr. Megan, please reach out for bonus clips from my conversation with Sophie St. James, including her predictions for dating as we start to move to the other side of COVID in the U.S., and her wish for all listeners, join me on Patreon. There you can also get access to old episodes you can no longer hear anywhere else, occasional prize drawings, Ask Me Anything, and so much more. I would love to have you join us. Learn more and sign up at patreon.com slash girlboner or click the link down in the show notes. You can also support the show by leaving a rating and review and letting your friends know about it. Thanks so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.